Hello, and welcome to the Amherst STEM Network podcast. My name is Brandon Kwan, your host for today's episode, where we talk to Jason Williams about his role as a chemical hygiene officer at Amherst College and the effects of COVID upon lab safety. So hello listeners, if you are turning in today, my name is Brandon Kwan, a sophomore here at Amherst College, and today I have the privilege to introduce Amherst College's chemical hygienist, Mr. Jason Williams. Thank you, Mr. Williams, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to have this conversation with me. And You're welcome. To start, to start from the get-go, um, so can you please introduce yourself? Who are you exactly? <laughs> so like you've said, uh, my name is Jason Williams, I'm the college's chemical hygiene officer. Um, I've been here two years. Um, at, well, so technically one and a half, right? Because the last six months doesn't count. <laughs> um, I've been here two years. I, I work primarily out of the science center because obviously that's where we store um, most of our chemicals and that's where we generate a lot of our waste, chemical waste. Um, but technically I'm the chemical hygiene officer for the entire campus. Um, so sometimes I'm in Beneski, sometimes I'm in the art department, um, even Val has, has oil, which is regulated by, by, the, by Massachusetts. So, um, so yeah, I'm all over campus. Most definitely. Um, and so right now we're going to start with a little background questions to get to know you a little bit better. And so Mr. Williams, can you please explain what does being a chemical hygienist actually entail? Yeah, so um, the technical term is chemical hygiene officer. Um, and so pretty much a chemical hygiene officer is a position that's mandated by um, the government. Um, so every school that has chemicals um, and generate chemical waste um, has to have a chemical hygiene officer. Um, and pretty much my duties include the management, use, handling, um, sorry, the proper handling, management, use, and disposal of chemicals. Um, so anything from, you know, meeting with professors and consulting about um, just various procedures um, that they might be doing to how to dispose of waste. Um, but in a more general sense, actually, my, my, my job is even broader than that um, because once there's a chemical in a building, uh, almost anything in that building could be my problem. So... Um, if somebody were to spill water um, in a hallway and walked away from it, um, nobody would know that's water, and so that becomes my problem because technically mm. it would be a chemical. Um, the direction a door opens um, <laughs> might, might influence how things work in a lab. You know, um, whether the heat works um, that might, or, or the AC works, um, that might influence how an equipment um, works. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot of other things. Um, well, the, the one thing that, that, I, that, 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 that COVID has done for me is that it, it has ex helped explain what, a, what PPE really means. Um, so <laughs> going forward, I hope I don't really have to explain that one too much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when it comes to the wearing of PPE, the use of engineering controls such as fume hoods, um, and just, you know, whatever ways to proper, proper, properly use, manage, and dispose of chemicals. Most definitely. Thank you. Um, 
And so this is getting a little bit more personal now. And so can you tell me a, like a little bit of your story of how you became a chemical hygiene officer and was there any other occupation you were interested in throughout your educational career? Yeah, so my, my, I've taken a little bit of a different route. Um, so to become a chemical hygiene officer, um, I think most people are either, either you're a teacher and you were told by the department chair that you have to do it because somebody had to, because when the, all the regulations came in, somebody just had to do it. Um, or, or, in, or like in my case, it's just a field that somehow you ended up in. So when I was in college, um, freshman year, brand new, actually new to the country even, um, so I didn't even know any, any regulations um, as it pertained to the United States. Um, I was looking for a job and uh, I wanted to work in a lab. So I went to the lab manager um, and, uh, you know, of the teaching labs and I said, hey, can I have a job? And she said, yes, but she also happened to be the, the safety officer. Um, and, so, and so I started working for her and I really enjoyed the lab stuff quite a bit. Um, but I also got introduced to the safety side of it as well because obviously those two kind of intertwine when you're the lab manager, there's a lot of, um, of your, you know, your position is pretty broad. And, and so there's a lot of safety concerns and stuff that you get involved with. Um, and eventually I started becoming um, the person that was responsible for all the chemical waste. Um, yeah. And uh, then the company that we used to dispose our chemical waste actually recruited me after college. Um, so I worked as a lab pack chemist, um, which means I went to, hundreds of hospitals and um, college campuses um, to pack hazardous waste, um, which it's like you'd spend three, four days at like the University of Iowa and you would, you know, write up all the waste and pack it and transport it in a certain way um, and bring it back to the plan for um, either incineration or recycling or whatever forms of disposal um, was appropriate for that particular set of chemical. Um, and so, and so now at this point, I had already seen almost every chemical there is in the universe, you know, and so I, <laughs> so I really, really loved it. Um, and yeah, so after that, I, 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 I went to grad school and funnily enough, I didn't study any of that in grad school. I tried to, um, fulfill my lifelong, um, uh, career path of being, a, an agronomist. Um, so I was very interested in soil science and, uh, and even subsurface water, and then how all of that affects uh, soils, but also the, the growth of the growth of crops as well, um, as a result of that. So I really wanted to become an agronomist. Um, went to grad school, studied agronomy, absolutely hated it. <laughs> absolutely hated it. <laughs> so it, was, it, was, it was one of those things where, um, I guess it taught me what I didn't want to do, you know. So <laughs> I don't. I, <laughs> I'm still interested in the field, in, in the in 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 the area, but I'm not really interested in going out in the field and collecting all these samples and stuff like that. So, um, so after that, I I got a job at um, at the University of Missouri as the chemistry lab manager, um, which is a huge institution, and I was managing four thousand students coming in and out of the labs every week. So again, I got a lot more chemical exposure and a lot more lab safety exposure. Um, you know, I ended up basically teaching TAs um, how, to, how to teach their labs and teaching them about the chemical use and exposures and stuff like that. So at that time, I had, I had so much experience in chemical handling, chemical management, lab management, lab safety issues, um, and lab disposal procedures um, that I was you know, on the right path to become an actual chemical hygiene officer. So the time came and I applied here and um, 
yeah, and I got a, and 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 I got the job. So, um, yeah, that's how I became a chemical hygiene officer. <laughs> so, as you know, a chemical um, hygiene officer right now, do you have any specific advice to anyone who's interested in taking this route or becoming a chemical hygiene officer? Yeah, very much so. Actually, um, it's something I like talking about because I feel like when you're in college, you know, nobody really knows the non-traditional pathways that you can take. So it's usually, hey, uh, become a doctor or go teach or go work in a lab. And that's pretty much it. You know, you don't really understand that there are actually different part, part pathways out there to fulfill your dream of being a scientist. You know, in my particular case, it's even better because I'm, I'm an environmental scientist by education. Um, or an agronomist, <laughs> whichever way, <laughs> that too, we don't talk about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, um, but, but, but I also get to do some chemistry. So for me, it's even better because I'm, 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 I'm combining two subfields of science into one. So, you know, you're either told go be a chemist in a lab or go be a doctor in a hospital or something like that. So this, um, I, li I, li I like showing people that there are lots of other ways out there um, for you to feel fulfill your dream of, of being a scientist. So if you want to become a chemical um, hygiene officer, I'd say just just pay attention from from the time you're in class. So the good thing for me is that I, I pretty much was doing this job as a freshman in college, right? And so I never got the chance to ever do anything wrong in a lab. Um, <laughs> but it also has helped me, though, to understand um, where students come from, right? Because I was also a student in the lab. So so yeah, pay attention, in the, um, pay attention to the procedures in lab because I realized that when you're in lab as a student, you don't really think about that side of it. You're really just results-based. You just want to get the results and get your grade and get out of there. Um, but yeah, if you, if you look around in the, let's take a step back, look around in the lab and you realize that nothing is in there an accident, you know, from the, pla from the placement of the, of the eyewash station to the chemical in the hood, um, to the floor, to the chair you're sitting on to this, you know, what's in the ceiling, the ventilation in the room, even the, the direction the door opens, all of, all of those were, were, were thought of. Um, so just take a step back um, and think about it from a bigger picture. Um, the, the other thing that I want to say about this is if you're interested in science in general and you don't necessarily know where exactly you want to go, this is, this, is a, this is a good area for you because it's a lot of things combined. So as I said, I get to talk about and um, chemical disposal, that's, that's, that's environmental science. What happens to our chemicals after they get disposed? Um, are they going back into the atmosphere? Are they going to our water resources? Um, and so that's all environmental science. But at the same time, obviously, I'm doing chemical reactions, talking about chemical reactions every day. So that's hard chemistry, you know. Um, and so, and, and so if, if you're just interested in science, but you're not real, and you like chemicals, but you're not really sure exactly where you want to go with it, this, this, this is definitely a good field. And last but not least, can you please, uh, for our background questions, um, can you please describe maybe one or two struggles, but also one or two benefits um, that one has if he or she does choose to become a chemical hygiene officer? I'll start with the benefits. Um, I guess the first thing is, um, because you're a consultant pretty much for everybody, you get to meet a ton of people. So. Um, I know every single professor, I've been into everybody's lab, and I get to know about everybody's research because I'm a science enthusiast that excites me, you know, because again, you know, on a, I, I could be talking biochemistry one day and the next day I could be talking organic chemistry, um, environmental science, you know, I could go to a physics lab and we're talking about um, some, some physics stuff. So the, the, one, 
the one good thing is that you get to get to know a lot of people and, and you get to talk science all the time. Um, another benefit, I, I guess, would be that, um, the, I mean, just in a professional sense, that the doors are way open after this. You know, after you become a chemical hygiene officer, I mean, I could work for the NIH now, I could work um, for WHO, for CDC, for, I could work for Pfizer, um, yeah, I could work for Dow. Um, so you can go any direction after this with it because you have so much, so much knowledge. I could, I could, I could go be an EHS manager. Um, so there, there, there are tons of directions you can take um, once you become a chemical hygiene officer because you learn from so many different angles. So that's some benefits. Um, as far as negatives go, um, like every job, of course, there are tons of negatives as well. Um, politics, that's, that's one thing. Um, so, you know, no matter how good you are, you're always going to get some fight back about some, some regulation that's out there, which is ironic because I don't make the regulations, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're always going to get fight back. So there's some, some level of politics there. you kind of got to have to choose your battles um, really, really well. So that's definitely definitely one negative. Um, and another negative is that, I mean, you're always in the firing line. You know, if anything goes wrong, you know, you gotta, people are going to come to you and ask questions. You know, you're directly in the firing line. Why, why, were, why wasn't this in place? Why was somebody not told about this? Um, and, so, and, and so, yeah, that kind of, you know, puts you on the edge a little bit. But, um, but yeah, there are tons more benefits than there are negatives. And so right now we are going to be moving on to our second theme of questions, which includes lab, lab safety procedure questions. And so I have a couple of questions that students are very curious in terms of what they want to learn about. And so I first want to start off with, <clears throat> can you describe the important, like the main important lab safety procedures, someone like that you wish to communicate with the Amherst College community today? Yeah, um, the first one is wearing of PPE. Um, that's, that's, um, and, and, and the reason why that's super important because that's actually starts before you get into the lab. So you leave your room, whether you put on closed toe shoes or you put on flip flops, that's a, that's a lab safety, <laughs> you know, that, that's a lab safety decision. So whether you're wearing long sleeves, whether you're wearing leggings or you're wearing jeans, all of those matter, you know. Um, and so just, just to realize how important the wearing of PPE is, and that PPE is not just about um, goggles and gloves. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot more than that. It, it, there are different types of gloves. There are different types of, of lab coats. You know, there are fire-resistant lab coats, for example, if you're working with something that were pyrophoric, you know. Um, and so just to really step back and really understand the, the function that PPE plays, and how, it re how they're really designed to protect you. So that's, that, that's one thing. Another thing, and I think every chemical hygiene officer out there would, would agree with me, is labeling. So labeling is always a big thing um, because people tend to think a little bit more about themselves when it comes to these things. So for example, they'd be in the lab and they'd pour a chemical into a container and they know what it is. So they don't necessarily think um, that it's necessary for them to label it, but then they walk away. <laughs> And then the next person who comes in doesn't know what it is. And that, that's where we get into problems. Even if that chemical is water, by the way, you're in a lab. Um, most things in a lab that are liquid look like clear liquids, <laughs> you know. So you can pour water into a beaker and walk away, and you know that it's water, but the next person that walks up does not know that that's water. Hmm. So labeling is really, really important. Um, and again, not just for lab personnel, but also if there were an accident in your lab and the first responder were to walk in, they're not necessarily chemists. They don't necessarily know 
what chemicals are in the lab, or even the custodian. The custodian could walk in, and again, they wouldn't know necessarily what you're working with if you didn't communicate that hazard through labeling. So um, labeling is very, 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 very important. Um, and so the second of our lab safety procedure questions are, are there any quote-unquote unwritten rules that you can describe when working in the lab? Not necessarily written down on paper or in a lab manual, but any just unwritten rule, rules that a lab member should be aware of. Yeah, um, there's <clears throat> of these, and um, there are a lot of things where, excuse me, there are a lot of things that, you know, you can't really, you, they seem trivial, even though they're super important, trivial relative to the other things. Um, so, so you don't mention though that safety trainings, for example, but if I ever had a conversation with somebody, I'd definitely include it. And that's stuff like the wearing of, of headphones, for example. Um, and while I would never see anybody in the lab wearing headphones and say anything to them, um, you can see how that technically could be, um, could cause problems in the lab. You know, if, if, there, if, if there were a fire alarm, for example, would you be able to hear it? You know, if, if somebody, you know, you know, there are lots of, if there was a, sometimes you can hear a drip, you know, if there was a drip happening behind you, you wouldn't be able to hear it because you, you're, you're listening to music. Um, so just little things like that. If you're wearing headphones, maybe just use one bud instead of two. You know, little things like that. Um, in my previous institution, I used to see, uh, mostly, I see students wear closed-toed shoes that would only cover their toes, you know, because it says closed-toed shoes. And so their whole instep would be exposed. And I guess the message I want to, uh, the, the, the message I, I want to bring across here is that it's not just about following the regulation. It's really about being actually safe. So, so do the safest things in lab, not just, not just follow the regulations, you know? So, 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 so those are a couple of, another one, for example, is, is, is the wearing of, of gloves. Um, you know, we say don't wear gloves outside of the lab, but in fact, even when you're in the lab, if you're going to touch certain things, you still want to take your gloves off, you know? There are a lot of people who scratch their face with gloves on, you know, and then their face, and then their face continues to itch, you know, and it's like, why itching? Well, you were touching your face with the gloves, so it, you know? So, so little things like that, you know, touching your cell phone with the gloves on, you know? So, so, so it's, 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 it's stuff like that, um, that, that, that people need to start um, practicing a little bit better. And so moving on to our third theme, which is mostly related to COVID. Um, so as you know, we are definitely living in a day and age in which we have to take the most utmost precautions for our safety, especially as a small liberal arts school. And so how does COVID change precautions that we normally had in terms of the lab itself? Yeah, um, this is something that most people don't realize is a thing. Um, COVID has changed a lot in labs. Um, I'm going to start with the most obvious one, to me anyways, uh, PPE. So, obviously, you have additional PPE that you need to wear now. And so, that affects things. In fact, anything you change in a lab, any type of procedure you change in a lab is going to affect lab safety, right? Um, so, for example, you, if you wear masks these days, you'll realize that when you wear goggles, they fog up quite a bit. You know, so maybe you need to buy different types of goggles now. You know, or maybe you need to step outside for a second and um, air, air your goggles a little bit. Um, and so, and so that, that's, that, that's been a challenge, just, just the additional PPE that you need to wear. In fact, even the wearing of mask, uh, of, of, of a, of a um, surgical mask, 
can affect lab safety um, in the sense that if you were working with certain type of organic chemicals or working with um, uh, fire, let's say, um, you, don't, you don't want to be using those masks because those masks are synthetic. You want to use something um, that's made of natural fabric. Um, because again, that could melt, if an organic chemical were to get in contact with your mask, it could melt your face, you know? So it's stuff like that. Um, same thing with face shields, if you're wearing one of those plastic face shields, um, if, it, if, if it got exposed to, a, to certain types of organic chemicals, um, that could spell bad news for you as well. Um, so, so in that sense, it's, it's changed a lot of stuff. Um, another thing that I also realized is now people are using directional arrows and stuff in lab, which is all good and well, except not, you know, a lot of people would have like, come through this door, but leave through this door. And so the problem that that might, that might pose is that now you might have chemicals end up in spaces that they wouldn't have normally. So if your exit door is now, now goes to the room in which you eat, then you're bringing chemicals, for example, here, that, that would be a write-up space. So if you, if, if you had people going through door A and door B goes to the write-up space, now you're going to have chemicals in the write-up space. So little, it's, it's, it's little things like that. Also, the wearing of gloves outside, outside, outside of laboratories, right? People want to wear gloves to protect their, their, their hands in terms of COVID. Um, but it, if you're wearing the same gloves that you were wearing in lab, now you're contaminating all the, all the door handles <laughs> as well, you know? So, 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 so a, a, lot, a, lot, a lot has changed there um, that people don't realize. Another big one is how you use equipment. Um, so, and training as well. Um, if you're training somebody to use an equipment, now you have to do it remotely. And so they're not as well trained as they might have been had they, you know, if they were able to be within six feet, you know? And, and so you could, you could easily see somebody getting um, stuck by a needle or, or by a razor or something like that, you know? Um, and so, and, and, and so, and so that, that's how COVID, COVID is, is affecting stuff there because you can't really do it um, cl cl close enough to get properly trained. Um, so, that's, so that's another, that, that's another big challenge. Of, there, there, there are tons of them. Um, but yeah, obviously the, the challenge that we, we face right now is that most people are more worried about COVID than they're worried about lab safety, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which actually they still, they still need to go hand in hand. Um, and so that's the biggest challenge really that we're facing. Definitely. And so in your opinion, how important do you think is direct and indirect communication when it comes to working during these unprecedented times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of communication of all different forms. Um, yeah. Um, I think I think I think the one thing I miss the most is just to be able to go to somebody's lab and see what's going on um, as much as I used to. So, for example, somebody could ask me a question. What I usually what I tend to do is to go to their lab to answer the question because then I can see I can see exactly what's going on and I you know I can find three four other problems you know um, and so and so I miss that direct kind of communication with the person. Um, instead of sending 14 emails, I could just go see it and it would, I could solve it in one minute, you know. Um, so so that, that's really important. And, and, and I think um, we're, you know, things aren't the same um, in, in that respect. But um, it's very important to, 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 to meet in person. It's very important to do Zoom. It's very important to put stuff in text. Um, and by text, I don't mean cell phone text. I mean... <laughs> To write stuff down, <laughs> to write stuff down. All, all of that matters. Um, in my field, um, unfortunately, there is some 
so, so it's also a legal field in some in some ways, right? Um, because people's lives and livelihood are at risk here, um, and so what you tell people sometimes you need to just write it down. Um, so it's really important to have all that on paper. You know, if if if, if I if I if I if I told you to use hydrochloric acid in the hood and you don't use it in the hood, well, it says on the train that you're supposed to use it in the hood. So that needs to be written down, obviously. Um, I'm not sure I'm answering your question, but my point is I just think various forms of, uh, of communication is necessary, especially when it comes to um, being a chemical hygiene officer. Sometimes it's necessary to go to the lab. Sometimes it's necessary to send the email because you need, you, you need a hard copy of the conversation. Um, so, uh, and then, yeah, sometimes you need to meet on Zoom because you might, be, you might better explain what's going on without actually be there in person. So, yeah. And so right now we're going to be moving on to just our concluding questions um, for this podcast. And so my first question to you is, where can students, whether remote or on campus, find you best throughout the school year if they have any questions or if they want just to have a, a quick conversation with you? Um, email is easy. Um, my email is Jay Williams. That's really easy. I, I have my phone on me all the time um, because I know that people might have questions. So I check my phone um, more often than most people. Um, you also never really know when it's life and death. I don't wanna, I don't wanna use a hyperbole, but it's true. Um, so I always have my phone on me. So email, email is good. Um, but also uh, because of my personality, I'm always walking around the building, talking to people. Um, if you see me in the hallway, definitely you know, reach out to me there. I'm always you know, open to having a conversation about anything lab safety related. Um, or, you know, you just set up a meeting with me and uh, I'll try to make it. Um, I'll, I'll even give people tours of certain, maybe not during COVID time, but in general, of like our MAA, which is, which is our main accumulation area where we store and dispose of all our chemical waste. You know, I'd give people tour of, tours of that and stuff, or, or, or just other parts of the building that they might not know about that's related to my job. So, um, yeah, so email, if you see me in the hallway, you know, talk to me. Um, I'm pretty open. Um, so yeah, you'll definitely see me. I'm literally walking around the building all the time. One thing that I try to do is um, I could look up, for example, uh, the, the a room number um, by just going online, um, but I'd rather walk there to go look on the room door because I know that sometimes people don't really have questions for you until they see you. Um, so, 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 so I try to walk around the building as much as possible, just, just, just to be available, um, if indirectly at least. Um, so, you know, a lot of times people see me and they're like, oh, Jason, by the way, I was thinking this. So, so that always helps. Okay, thank you. And last but not least, do you have any last piece of advice for Amherst students, for Amherst faculty, et cetera? Yeah, uh, I guess I'll go deep and then I'll, 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 I'll give two, two pieces of advice. The, the, the deeper one has obviously has to do with my job. Um, um, and before I say it, I'm going to say Amherst is probably one of the safest schools out there. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of students care. Um, we have the best resources, um, i.e. me. Um, I'm joking. <laughs> um, so, 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 so we don't have to worry too much. However, I'd still try to implore people to obviously be as safe as possible, you know, um, and, it, and it's in, in everything you do when it comes, when, when it comes to this stuff. Um, just walking around with a chemical in your, with a chemical, um, just make sure that you use, for example, use a secondary container because if that, think about the worst, because if that's spilled, um, you never know the damage that that could cost. 
Um, and again, it could just be the fact that it could damage the floor. You know, it's not necessarily that somebody got exposed. So in every single thing you do, the clothes you wear to work, um, just all of those, just think, just think about it from a, from, a, from a chemical hygiene point of view. Um, and in general, just for the students, I mean, it's a weird time. It's a weird time that we're going through, but, and this is going to sound weird, but try to enjoy it, you know? You'll, you'll be able to tell the story for, <laughs> to your grandkids, man. I mean, you know, enjoy it as much as possible, you know? Um, make experiences. They're not going to be the same experiences than, that, um, compared to what they would have been, but still try to make some experiences. Take as many pictures, you know, of you in a mask as possible. Um, little things like that, so that, so that later on you'll, you'll have this, this story, you know? Um, so yeah, just maybe document what's going on you know, that, that, that'll definitely help. Um, yeah, in, I mean, in 10 years, you'll forget, you'll, in some ways, you'll forget about this. Um, obviously, nobody will really ever forget about it, but in some ways, you'll, you, you'll forget about the, 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 you know, the nooks and crannies of, of, of your daily life, you know. Um, and so, yeah, doc, document it. Um, enjoy, it as, enjoy it as much as possible. Thank you, Jason, for joining me and the Amherst STEM Network today. And if you were listening in today, stay curious, Stay informed and stay tuned for more.